0: Because that's how the things spread is mainly through people passing things on to other people even though we have this internet this big net here is still controlled by the big boys and make sure you have thousands of diverse and fantastic voyages to fill your mind you'll find that you'll change more people by direct contact than any other means and that's what we're living in it's a world of incredible indoctrination because the understanding of how humans behave and how you can actually give them a reality was understood thousands of years ago. Thousands of years ago. And that used to be what the priests did for pharaohs. Young pharaohs were brought into the mysteries. And the mysteries really, under many allegories that fascinated the people beneath them, the mysteries were really about control and how to control vast populations of slaves, basically from the top to the bottom by giving them another reality a reality based on religion and a fear of what happens after this life and so if you didn't behave yourself that big eye of Ra would know your every thought every every natural thought that you had you might ground in circles forever sort of born again and again and again over and over and over and they say that hell is repetition and I think they're right who would want that over and over and over again? So they controlled thousands and millions of people over many, many centuries, right up to the present day. And now science has taken over uh, from religion, science, with this big friend, the media. You always have scribes to go with the, the religious priests. And the priests now are the scientists and the white coats and the experts. And the media are the scribes that write it all out for you and for you once again that's why the theories in science at the bottom level for the public keep changing every few years they give you a brand new theory that contradicts the last theory that was taught as the gospel truth but on the higher levels of science of course they know what is fact and what is empirical evidence because they've tested over and over and over again but for the bottom level they give us theories. And that fills our, our minds and we, we chat about these theories to our friends and we all debate the theories. Now a well, theory is just a good guess. Yet yeah, people come out with little Masonic caps on and their capes on with a little diploma in their hands from colleges and universities. And they pass, they pass their, their degrees, the degrees of this occult system uh, by repeating theories parroting theories which obviously if a new theory comes along then the ones who passed last year uh, on false theories should all be disrobed basically shouldn't they doesn't happen in the world of theories but at the top yes they certainly do know what they're doing now every movement every major move we've ever ever seen which is approved from the top always like Plato said you can't allow grassroots organizations to form if they do you must get rid of them because they could have unforeseen ripple effects on this planned society that you're you're bringing in and you're controlling. Therefore, all major uh, events that happen in societal structure must be approved and implemented from the top down. And that's how it works today. Now, the huge environmental organization today uh, that most people have been brainwashed into believing it just came from people who went around doors with little tin cans collecting money to save trees and so on. Um, these big organizations, uh, that are highly funded by the big institutions, which are just a front for the big wealthy families that run the world. Uh, these started up this environmental system to, to make us all think we're killing off the planet. And you look at the people who run and, and founded these big institutes like the Rockefellers, uh, they plowed up more ground than anyone else to get oil, standard oil of New York. And now it's split up into many other companies, but they still control them under different names. And these are the same guys that fund the other side, the environmental movements. Their biggest contributions come from these particular institutions that still are involved in massive big business. I mean, if we jump back in time into Adam Weishaupt and other authors, even later, Albert Pike the, the Pope of Freemasonry who talked about bringing in big institutions that would be so wealthy uh, they would become masters over the masters of the world and they would direct the policies on it and remember uh, that both these characters belonged to an organisation with many many faces like ancient Egypt Isis was the goddess with a thousand faces everything you looked at really was a, a, a sect of the same, the, the same religion given different names to confuse the public. And that's exactly how it is today, too. These big institutions, these interlocking institutions, that often have the same CEOs uh, chair-hopping from one chair to the other chair and in other institutions uh, and go around in circles, these big institutions plan with think tanks the direction of the world. And that is the Royal Institute for International Affairs. These characters are already working with other think tanks on the whole future of food and who will control the food supply of the world and what kind of food they'll they'll give the peasantry because they always tamper with food to keep us nice and dumb and stupid, and they have for thousands of years. So these institutions are interlocked also with what you think of as MI6 and the CIA and royalty. They're all completely interlocked, like... Uh, this illusion that everything is somehow independent from everything else yet they all work together always planning and implementing the future bringing it into the present and going ahead and that's why we're the last to know in this world the absolute last to know what's actually happening most things are already happened that happened when we find out about them it's like the NAFTA highway that's going past my place up here, not too far away it was never discussed in any newspapers. They just started building it. And it's a war priority, meaning they, they clear the snow. This is Canada. You get lots of snow up here. They clear the snow in order to keep working every day, seven days a week, summer and winter. It's a priority. And we'll know eventually when it's, when it's all built, and then they will have a little debate, of, should they build it in Ottawa? Should, should they build it? It's already done. That's how things actually happen in the real world. It's like it's like NASA. After all the science fiction we have, we never question the billions of dollars given to the taxpayer uh, or even what it stands for or why it's even so important. We think it's for space exploration. That's a very important priority or something. Look at the mess of this world right here. So we're always given this fake reality. And back in the, in the 80s and the 90s, Mr. Maurice Strong, that works for these big foundations, and the United Nations. You always find them all interlocking. He was picked up by old Rockefeller and trained. And he's done his rounds. He was even head of the World Bank at one time. He was the man they even sent him to Ontario, a huge province, a big state of Ontario. They sent him in here, made him the CEO of that. And he started up the privatization process to sell it off to their buddies for peanuts after the taxpayer had built it up after many, many years. Then he went back to the United Nations after that. So the, the, these characters are all over, very busy and entire. They never put their feet up and go fishing and, and collect their pension. They, they keep going into their 90s, putting in 12 to 16 hours a day sometimes. Quite amazing. Dedication. There you go, dedication. But Maurice Strong at the Earth Summit was the guy who was asked he was asked about all the rights of animals for the biodiversity treaty. A big biodiversity treaty was signed on everyone's behalf and you didn't even know about it. And it gave rights to all the animals, all the insects and all the trees and everything that blew and all the rest of it through the air. But it didn't give any rights for humans. And someone asked Mr Maurice Strong said what about humans, where do, where do we fit into this? And he looked at this person scoldingly and said, the time we are finished, you wish you had the same rights as a tree. And that was Mr. Maurice Strong. This great unelected uh, person who always gets top positions advising governments and institutions in the United Nations and so on. And that's the real world. A combination, a big gang with many faces all interlocked together, always planning your future. And that's what George Orwell tried to tell us about. And the big environmental movement is the way they're going to take all your property from you, change the old system, and make way for all that that is new. That's what they say by the big builders, the big high masons, not the little guy at the bottom. But they're only. Make a brand new world, a world where the peasantry, as they eliminate and cut down the population of the peasantry, generation by generation, we hope. Not that they won't be killed off at all, but at least they, they won't do it all at once. Uh, then, when they bring us all into these habitat areas, Agenda 21, 21st century, that's called Agenda 21 by the United Nations where there'd be no private property, there'd be no private vehicles. That's why they haven't given you all the other technology that they've been yapping about and shown us for the last 50 years. It was never intended that you have a a mobile population in the brave new world, which they're bringing up. And in this this controlled environment, this controlled type city where you'll be overcrowded, all living on top of each other for a while. Well, of course, the, the bureaucracy, the high bureaucracy Live like they did in the Politburo in the Soviet system, the big dash houses in the country, and made servants and butlers and all that kind of stuff. And that That's going to be how it's going to be. And it's all planned that way. And you can look into the United Nations and look for uh, the conservation areas of the future, the ones in the near future too, not far, far away. And they've all all different colors on the maps to show you where habitat areas will be, where animal corridors will be, and all this kind of thing. But what are the means, what are the methods they're using to bring this about? And the methods mainly are something they don't talk about because because they don't want you knowing about it. And that's weather warfare. They must convince you that you are a problem. You are causing global warming. Yes, you with your, your, your cigarette and your match there or you like light your little stove to keep alive, you're the problem, and they're going to convince you through massive propaganda and a few thousand scientists that are all in the payroll of the United Nations. They live on grants, by the way. That's why they can always find the right scientists to say the right things when they want them. And, convince, and, and educate the children from kindergarten on. It's already been happening. We're the problem, and we have to change our ways. And they're going to tell us how we're going to change our ways because it's all planned. But in the meantime, we must go through the fiasco of watching the taxation go up and up and up for property and so on. And we've already got the United Nations um, organization uh, with members in every country to go around houses and domestic uh, homes and so on and check to see if you're up to the building codes. And if you're not up to the building codes, they're going to fine you thousands of dollars per day, per day, so that you'll get out of that home because they don't want you living in the country anymore. That's been going on now for a, a few years. And I'm going to read a little article shortly about this. Has happened. We don't really care what happens to other people till it happens to us. That's something else they understand at the top. They understand this process very, very well. It's the old thing. They, 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 the wolves come in and encircle the, uh, the the herd, and then they need to come out and pick one out here and pick one there. And everyone else is trying to save their own skin. They don't want to see, they don't want to know. Hear no evil, see no evil, speak no evil, talk about pleasant things. Another thing that they encourage, and through all the New Age movement, don't look at the negatives. Turn away from them. Turn your back and plug your ears and close your eyes and think nice thoughts. Which, and they'll tell you what the nice thoughts are. That's all part of the whole process of indoctrination. Yep, the whole new age movement, the environmental movement is been intertwined. And it was dreamed up a long, long time ago by the guys at the top, the advisors to those who pretty well own the world since they own the governmental systems and they own the money supply entire our planet. And they convinced us all uh, that we need it. That's the that's simple trick money we need money we don't need food or if not we get money to get food and we spend a good part of our lives in school training to earn money not to grow food or how to hurt anything else or raise animals no we're taught to get money because with money as Karl Marx said and then Lenin followed it and they were all trained by the best bankers they said they can tax it back from you taxation is just your labor in another form going back to those at the top and they use that coinage to hire more laborers and scientists to control you and look back with more after following messages.
1: great host great topics brief speech at its best this is we the people radio network
0: with cutting through the matrix and for a day that's been heavy with work getting wood and all the rest of it and going through all this snow I seem to be kind of warming up now and I should mention before I go on to to this article before I take callers uh, that those who want to keep me going they can uh, buy my books my CDs and uh, videos on my website cuttingthroughthematrix.com and that keeps me going that's the only income, really, that keeps all this together. I don't get paid for being on shows. I don't ask for money to be on shows. And I could. I could go with sponsors and all the rest of it and give you ads. And the, and the ads, really, would, that's all it'd be. I'd bring on guests, and, and I'd be plugging ads for them. And I, won't, I don't want to do that, to be honest with you. However, we do need folk to buy what these, these advertisers are doing because otherwise there's no shows. And that, that's the bind we're in. We're all compromised to some extent in this system. The system of what they call interdependence, where everything runs on this odd commodity called money. That's what is its current is currency. It's like a current that flows through society, and it runs the system. An old, old trick that goes back thousands of years. give up everything and and go along with being controlled even more so. But Lenin talked about a time that would come in the West where there'd be so many layers and levels of, of bureaucracies and, and governmental departments right down to all your different local departments and state, etc., uh, that they'd be stepping on each other's toes. And when that happened, they'd be fighting over the people, really, because all their money comes from the public. We're the big herd, and everything grabs the money off you. That's what it's all about. You get fleeced. That's what masons, too. They wear old lambskin aprons because they fleece the the sheep, you see. And the sheep's only purpose is to is to feed and clothe their masters. That That's the purpose of sheep. Sheep are pretty dumb and stupid animals. And they all follow each other, even, even over a cliff, if it happens to, to be that way. And that's what they think of the public. Albert Pike himself uh, said that the, uh, the person who will not really take their own liberty and think for themselves is no more than meat on the table and a beast of burden by choice and consent. That's what they think of the general public, including the low-level Masons, because Pike didn't make any differentiation between those who went up the first three degrees and the general public. They were, they were willing fools, basically. So here's an environmental movement that's taking off in high gear. And it's, it's, it's weeding out little people here and there. And you don't care because, you know, they haven't come for you yet. It's happening all over the place. And this is from the Los Angeles Times on the 27th of November, 2007. It's called, uh, it's, it's by Steve Lopez. Out on a limb over trimming fiasco. Listen to this. Everybody's got a horror story about a bureaucratic nightmare, but if you can top this one, call me Collette at your earliest convenience. Anne Collard was seven months pregnant with her third child in June. An abatement notice came from the Glendale Fire Department. She and her husband, Mike, were ordered to clear some foliage and maintain five feet of vertical clearance between roof surface and overhanging portions of trees. The Collars knew their oaks, and sycamores needed a trim, and so they talked to neighbours. did a little research and called a recommended tree trimmer based in Orange County. For $3,000, the guy said, he'd remove about 15% of the foliage and they'd be in the clear. The collards asked if a permit was necessary. Not at all, said the licensed trimmer, who told the collards he'd done lots of work in Glendale, and he probably had, probably for the mayor and all the bigwigs and the ones that give you all these abatements, etc., on the third day of the three-day job, the city's urban forester happened to be in the neighbourhood and noticed a tree trimmer doing this thing. She saw what was happening and said, stop, cease and desist, says Mike, a work-at-home software and computer guy. Glendale has an Indigenous Tree Protection Ordinance that dates to the 1980s, with an act to developers and homeowners from bulldozing or hacking trees, willy-nilly. Error this year because of citizen complaints, that native trees were still being ruined, the city approved more restrictions and bigger fines. This actually is coming all from the United Nations, by the way. We don't mention it in this article. None of which the callers knew about. They now admit that they had read the fire department notice. If more closely, if they had, they would have seen a small print that a, f- a free permit was required to trim oak and sycamore branches larger than one inch in diameter. But it was an understandable oversight. We after the first visit, the urban forester was back, telling the collards. Uh, that an arborist would come by soon to assess the damage. No, I'll skip on ahead here. Uh, the fact is they got a massive fine levied on them. A massive fine. Uh, $347,600. How's that? How's that for, for for being a good citizen, eh? And they know darn well no one can afford this stuff. But this is where Mr. Maurice Strong and the Air Summit and all of this big charade on the environment is going to, is to persecute the ordinary people, and one day we'll be into little rental accommodation. The whole world's going to rental only, that way you can get penalized, and authors have written about that from the big institutes. Uh, the government will eventually give you credits instead of money, and that way they'll, they'll keep you in line. If you're antisocial, you don't go along with all the rules and regulations, uh, you're, you're money or your credits will be cut off. You won't get your allocated credits for the week. You can't save them up. That was Bertrand Russell that talked about that. Uh, you'll simply start with the same amount every week. So, so here you have uh, this kind of stuff happening with the collards, and that's from Melissa in California. Now, uh, this is happening all over the place. A farmer not too long ago, and I think he was in Arizona, got a tap on the door and he had a, a damaged gutter coming down from his roof. Now, it hardly rains there, so I don't know what the problem was, but a dented gutter, uh, they to charge him $5,000 and $1,000 a day till he, till he got it fixed. Uh, this, this is the farce that we're living in, the utter farce. To all the Greenies, that's why they created the Green Party, by the way, take over eventually from the blue and the red. These are all colors of Masonic lodges and systems. That's all it is, that's where you're living amongst, and they give you the tie to go, the tie that binds, by the way, uh, to go with each party. Uh, These are all colours of Masonic systems. So the green green one is to take over from the blue or the red, you see. The red is always labour, and the blue one is always conservative. And the green one is the one that's taken over. And we all love green. It's nice colours. It's nature's colour, and that's what they're using the whole the whole environmental movement plus weather warfare to convince you that you're the problem. You've got to change your little old ways. I'll be back with more after these messages. and you go back into politics and religion and and, and all this kind of stuff before you know it. And that will come. That will come because this bill is already passed in Congress that were actually drafted up by the Pentagon to stop people from saying their piece on the radio unless it's authorized. And they're going over talk show hosts' comments to see if they've ever advocated violence against the government. Or you'd be whipped off to Guantanamo Hall Bay and uh, given your routine over there and reconditioned and set free and come back like a robot and probably go up and vote for people. I mean, that shows you you've lost your head. Now, I think we've got Rick here. Uh, uh, Rick was on the line. Are you still there?
1: Yes, I am. Can you hear me, Alan?
0: Yeah, you're in California, eh?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, how are you doing? How's, how's the winter treating you up there?
0: The winter came in rather heavily uh, it was getting eight inches per day, roughly a snow, and then I, I had to haul a bunch of wood up I'm, I still haven't I've got another pilot to get tomorrow and uh I just finished and ate and fed the dog before I came on the radio so it, it's coming in uh and, and not leaving me much time for anything, but that's the way my life's been for the last few years
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah i wanted to to bring up some i want to tell you about a little bit what's happening in my life late lately mm-hmm. um, i have this um i have been having long conversations about uh, the global policy with this Mexican friend of mine mm-hmm. and he's very um he's listened to you but but he he um has decided to go with marxism with mm-hmm. uh, socialist uh and i'm yeah. trying to convince him that, you know tell him that marx is was part of the was for a lot of this stuff that's going on but he brought an article to me um, from La Prensa, and it was saying that in January 2008, the NAFTA, the final effects of NAFTA are going to go through, and Archer Daniel Midland and Cargill went down to Mexico and took over all the corn production. Yeah. They're using it for biofuel. And yeah, they've
0: already set up Chile, and before that, they've done that over the last or ten years to do the same thing, yeah.
1: Yeah, and he said that, um, in the, the article said that uh, what they've done is they, they've they held reserves of corn and, and held back from the people, and they've created artificial scarcity, and they've driven, driven up the price of corn really, really high. And it's sure. called the tor- tortilla crisis. And yeah, and it's, it's all modified stuff they brought in, too.
0: I know that the, they tried to keep all the modified stuff out of Latin American countries, and Monsanto, through various means, I think they even dropped stuff from planes to seed the fields.
1: Uh, they've wow. got it in there now, yeah. uh-huh. And that's that's why a lot of people are coming over here, because they can't survive down there. They're forced out out of their country, essentially. Sure they are, and and it's in cahoots. This is the whole thing uh, with with the big foundations
0: in the U.S. I mean, people don't realize that Rockefeller Foundation and the other ones, Ford, Carnegie, and so on, and I think even uh, Rockefeller runs the Carnegie Institute now. It's the same bunch at the top that run that, that other institution. They fund most movements in Mexico. I don't know if you realize that, including the ones that, that, that think they're fighting for independence.
1: Mm. Yeah, they fund all sides. Uh-huh. Yeah, because, like, I've already talked about the Patriot radio shows bashing Mexicans, but then on the other side, I seem to hear a lot of Mexicans and a lot, and a lot of other people are falling for Marxism. They're falling for uh, Leninism. It's a dialectic, yeah. They gave us a dialectic, and see,
0: capitalism is, is just the head side of the coin. And then you have the flip side, the tail side of the coin, and that's what they give the public. You always get it in the rear, you see. And yeah. so they, they tell you all the thing the at work, the working, they tell you all the things that the working person knows and can see for themselves, and promise you a utopia. And it's exactly like George Orwell said: some are more equal than others in such utopias. And we saw that in the Soviet Union, where uh, those who worked for the system. Uh, the Politburo and all their relatives and dependents, they, they lived a, a good, comparable life with the, with, the, with the West, the same standard of living, where the people really at the bottom got all the, the junky houses and so on. So it's a big con game. And we know even uh, the big banks, the whole thing with communism was they told that the people uh, that the government would run the money system. But that wasn't true. They allowed independent banks on the condition they made no money off the labor of people now you know what lawyers do with a term like that, don't you? Mm-hmm. That there's a billion ways around it. And, and at the end, when the wall came down and they said, "Oh, gee, we just can't run this anymore," remembering too, the Lenin says this, this dictatorship will only last about seventy years. Hmm? Oh, he wow. knew the whole schedule. And um, and sure enough, uh, I think it was Mr. Solomon uh, ended up in the British papers, the, the Daily Mail. He left the, the Soviet uh, Union or the ex-Soviet Union at the end with. Billions and billions of dollars worth of the money that the big banks had collected during that entire uh, Soviet era, and went off to join, as Ted has, his relative, the Rothschilds in London. Isn't mm-hmm. that something? So yeah, you're always conned. Question. Yeah, you're always conned. But they, are very, very good at telling you what you want to hear.
1: Yeah. And, well, and what I, you
0: understand, have, you know.
1: Yeah. I have, I have another question. It's unrelated to this. Yeah, Um, But um, you were talking about the Apple and the the Windows sort of being, and they're like a dialectic, you know, either Mac or PC. Mm -hmm. And I'm wondering, what what, what do you think of Linux? Is is that sort of a third way kind of? It it would have to be. I I know people
0: who use a Linux system, Mm -hmm. who once they get used to it, familiarized with it, uh, swear by it. um, But it's like cars to me, to be honest. What model car is the best, It, it, it makes no difference. To mm-hmm. me, um, yeah. it, it, we're all in one. It's still called the net. You're on the net, or you're in the net, where you like it or not, or you're stuck on the web, like a fly on a, on a spider's web. It's a system that was a must be, and, and back in the 70s and 80s, we had Brzezinski and others talking about this coming system that everyone would have to get on and it was going to change the world, revolutionize the the world, is what they said. Now, these guys, when they say revolution, they mean it, because they run all revolutions, including the the, the physical ones, the sexual ones, the gender ones, and all the other ones in between. They run all revolutions, which are cultural revolutions, and this was part of their system to get the whole world stuck on on their web uh, in order to control you, basically, and have data collection, on every single person on the planet.
1: Yeah, I, so, read an article, I read an article in Atlantic Monthly from 1945 by a man named Vannevar Bush who ran all of the U.S. Um, weapons development during World War II, and, and he got into computers, and he started talking about, in the future, uh, like a, a web, an encyclopedia that you could pull down. And yeah. And a friend yeah. of mine mentioned an old 50s advertisement of a man with a, at a stereo with a monitor. It looked like a stereo, but it had a monitor, and it had... A man. It had a, a pair of jeans in it, and it said, "You can shop for jeans." Yes. It was, it was like it was on, online. This is, this yeah, an old... the, the, the World War Two. They had
0: uh, newscasts that were shown over the, in, the movie houses, the cinemas, and there was a, a report. It was just after D Day, and one of the main reporters from the U.S. that went in with the troops. Um, was. was showing all these, 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 these pictures of the troops running up beaches and all the rest of it. He says, you'll never guess how this is being relayed and transmitted. And another camera pans into him, and he's got this little cell phone in his hand with a little camera on it and a wow. little screen on it. Yeah. And he said, this has been put live. This has been directed live to the United States. He wow. says, shortly, shortly, everyone will have one of these in their home. Yeah. And, and of course, we never saw it for another 40 years.
1: This is okay. So, uh, can I can I download that or get 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 that somewhere online? Is that available? That that clip? I would I would like to. You you'd, you'd
0: have to search for a, a really good search. Very quickly too. Now that I've said it.
1: <laughs> yeah. Okay. Thank thank you very much, Alan.
0: It's a pleasure.
1: You have a nice hey, day.
0: We, you too. We were kept kept in the dark with real technology. And I can remember the old movies they'd show you with the government departments with these massive machines and and reel-to-reel tapes going in there. This was the the big computers. They were way beyond that at the higher levels, way beyond it. They had solid-state circuitry, at at least in the 1950s, with microcircuitry, before we were even given the transistor radio, which was another step still to come. Before the solid state, they had all this stuff at very high levels of the CIA, MI6, and all the rest of it. And that's how you keep control of, of power, over power. You never share all of what you have with the general public. What we get is obsolete, and that's the big joke. I'll be back with more of this after the following messages.
1: Cover-ups, government corruption. You're listening to We The People Radio Network. WTPRN.
0: to get up there and compete, compete, compete for a living with other people. Competition and, and to be successful. Success means you're supposed to reach a stage where you've eliminated all the competition you've got to the top. And very few ever do that except the psychopaths. They have the natural ability because they have no conscience. They don't worry about all the nasty things they've done. And they live on ego. They are pure egotistical personalities. Therefore, they can always rationalize insane things. They'll rationalize anything uh, to keep their own ego intact. So that's a system we're born and brought up into. And to to top all that off, we have a psychopathic culture given to us, which is anything but humane. It's anti-humane. We're not humane to each other. We're not allowed really to be humane to each other in the system where we're all worried about getting kicked out in the street or arrested by cops because you've got a bit of rust on your car or whatever it might be or the latest law that you've broken they didn't know existed because they keep churning out laws all the time. That's again how the Soviet system was. That That's so that if ever they want you you don't know it you're breaking about 5 to 10 laws per day and if they do want you they can pick you up on one of them. That's why they put all these laws out there. But the other part too is to keep you in stress and fear and always buying the the newest vehicle and so on, trying to comply, 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 until you're like a hamster on speed in a treadmill, that little wheel is on, and and you're just running and running in the same spot and you can't keep up. And then you give a class system of those who are better at competing than other people uh, so that the middle classes don't care what happens to those down below them They think they've made it somehow, and and all these laws, all all the, the cost increases won't affect them the same way until it does hit them, and then they start howling to the guys above them. That's how everyone's separated in the system. Then you add to it the gender wars that they've added to it as well, and the intergenerational wars where everybody's segregated from every other generation, which is nothing like it used to be, you know. I mean, people used to even dress the same way, uh, that the multitude of people would read and dress the same way for generations. There was no such thing as fashion for the, the massive peasantry that happened before the Industrial Revolution. And, and so everyone's fighting everyone else and pretending they don't belong to the same human race as everyone else and somehow they're special until it hits them as well. And then they start howling and squealing and, and demanding to know what's been happening. Well, that's the problem you have to be awake to know what's happening and you have to use the gray matter the gray matter that's in between your ears that's what it's for and you must start using memory your own memory that was a trick that was found out thousands of years ago and discussed by greek philosophers when they bemoaned the fact that writing was becoming prevalent amongst uh, even their own class, because at one time you used to hire someone to write letters for you and communicate for you. That's what kings and queens of England even did for uh, up until the last couple of centuries ago. And so in ancient Greece they were bemoaning the fact that more people were learning to, to read and write, and that would make them not use their memory so much, because before that people had to learn in school how to memorize things their history as well and they could recite history and then if you go into the European countries and even Scotland and Ireland you, you found that the tribal systems they had there had bards and the bard was brought up as a child he was picked for, for his abilities and, and trained and he could recite the histories centuries of history oral history and, and poetry and rhyme and sometimes in song as well fantastic abilities and we're we're capable of that see we're, we're capable of that but with everyone getting a basic education and that's why they call it basic education we're given a basic education not a not not the true education but the basic one so as we can operate the system for those that don't it we're not given the, the higher meanings of truth or anything like that um, but we're also overloaded with data and trivia that's what most media lives on is is trivia. They give you lots of trivia and data to, to fill your head. And the rest of it is generally programming. It's predictive programming. Stories where it's meant to have an impact, a psychological impact when something they want you to do or mimic or copy or a trend they want to start they couple it with emotive reasons and they hit it with emotive punches into your mind and it becomes imprinted and then you see it happening in your lifetime a you trend in society the way things are going and you accept it quite passively thinking it's quite natural this is how it's done and we've all been brought up in this system every country is the same and the last few countries that haven't gone along with the standardization process and don't ever kid yourself uh, that the United Nations hides behind its eternal propaganda of bringing the world together with its diversities. Don't ever believe that for a minute because it was decided 200 odd years ago and written by, by big economists in London uh, that they would allow with no other system or culture to coexist. And so they're finishing off those countries that will not go along and become standardized into the new the new system. They, they must get rid of, of those things that, that impede their so-called progress. And I've never heard anyone come out and define to the public what progress is. Wh- whose definition of progress does it happen to be? Because it's never given. It's never given. And of course it's never given because they don't want you to know the real truth. Someone's defined. What, it's like when Bush came out with the new freedom. And everyone sort of, in one year, now the other, as usual, just more data. But he was giving you a legal statement. He's a president who's telling you that freedom has been redefined. You better, you better listen to that and understand what he's telling you. And so far, I don't think anyone who heard it has asked for the definition of the new freedom from the president or, or the guys that write all his scripts for him. The same guys that work for Hollywood. Because that's, that's who they hire They hire scriptwriters They should demand to know What he means by The new freedom That's an official statement It's like the new deal The new deal Meant the throwing out Of the old constitutional values And laws and rules Here's the new deal That was a legal statement Of a new system And it was in People's ears And out the other Sad isn't it? how things happen. They're told legally something that doesn't even register because they've been trained not to think for themselves. They've been trained that the media, like Brzezinski said, the media is there to do all their thinking, their reasoning for them. So it doesn't occur to them to ask the question, what does that mean? Define it. They truly believe the media Is there to do the reasoning for them. These altruistic guys on the television, they come on at 6 p.m., then 11 p.m. when you're in a somnambulistic state. That's why they have it on late at night. You're addicted to fear, terror, or you might miss some some law that's going to affect you tomorrow. That's why you stay up to watch the news. 11 p.m. when you're somnambulistic. The scientists discussed this back in the 50s, how to train the public, train them to alter their behavior. It's called behavior modification and make them stay up later and watch late night news. And once you do that, you download it very, very easily because the sensor part of your brain is a fast asleep. And everything you've been told becomes the gospel truth. And here's that guy that you've grown up with. He's tottering on his feet to keep him employed because you've grown up with him. He's about 80 years of age. And would Big Daddy lie to you? Of course he wouldn't. He stares at your face every night from that screen. while he's reading the dummy board that you don't see. He's an actor. An actor. Who speaks with the voice of authority. In ancient Rome, they they, 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 they hired professional orators. So you'll see all these speeches that the the different emperors gave. But they didn't actually give them. They just sat there. And the, the, the orator would get up there, professional orator, and, and do the hand-waving and the gestures all practiced and speak in a very, very well, well-trained voice and, and and read the script on behalf of the emperor. Nothing really has changed, but the puppets have to do it themselves. Is They have to read it themselves. So they come on television and, and, and read what some script writer has written for them. Some of the the script writers for your president of the U.S. were born and brought up in Canada. They also ran both sides of your election for the the candidates on the last one. Canadians did that. But back with more after the following messages.